This is Not Everything Sucks with Andrew. Today, I have a very special guest and good friend, Weston Martinez, who is going to be also playing simultaneously on his Facebook Live, so we're setting that up right now. If you're listening on our podcast or joining us on Facebook Live, we're so glad that you're hanging out with us. Weston is a good friend. He's a conservative Republican leader in San Antonio. Uh, this is someone I believe has an idea for the country, and I am so glad that we're here talking about President Trump and the Republicans of Texas and the United States. Um, and we're cooking some avocado tacos, which is always my favorite part. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to list off the ingredients while Weston gets the Facebook Live on his end going. For our avocado tacos, we're going to be doing something a little different. We have flour with some salt and pepper uh, mixed in. We have two uh, whipped egg whites. Um, we have uh, panko breadcrumbs with some canola oil mixed in, about two tablespoons. We have two avocados today. Um, and then some vegetables, cheese, lime, and tortillas. Uh, to make our tacos complete and what you can guess is our avocados are going to be breaded which is absolutely delicious we're going to put them in the oven um, and it's going to be great again thank you so much for for joining in Weston how are we how are we doing on um, on Facebook on your end on Facebook live we're doing great we're live and I'm just trying to get Awesome. Something else working over here, so... There we go. All right, so in. here's your right. microphone. What's up, everybody? Andrew, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen that are out there on social media world, we're excited to be here. And uh, you know what? I think this is this is a great opportunity for us to have a conversation. And you know, kind of like we talked about a minute ago when I walked in, I think there's not enough people that are out there talking uh, with each other as much as they're talking at each other. And so I believe it. You know, I think we're going to have a great time today. If you're tuning in right now, thank you for tuning in. Share this uh, broadcast live with somebody else. And uh, all your millennial friends that are out there, they need to know we avocados. love avocados. So, what we're going to do is we're going to cut the avocado in half as we do every week. Um, and we're going to be making some slices out of these avocados. Um, and then once we get Weston mic'd up, um, if he can, if Weston, you can talk a little bit about uh, yourself and um, your experience at the Texas GOP convention that just finished up, oh, two days ago, day ago? It just finished up a couple days ago. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick back a little bit. I'm going to relax here. I think people are going to enjoy that a little more. This is uh, not Weston unplugged, because we still have a mic going on. <laughs> but, you know, now, Andrew, I got to tell you, I'm a pretty good cook. Okay. Okay. So. I, I, I expect a lot. All right. So, you know, with, with, with five children, you got to know how to cook quick. If I cut myself, do we get extra points? <laughs> Our last guest did, and he did not get extra points. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, fun fact, you can actually take two of these, and you can actually turn them in and plant them, make your own avocado tree. But most people don't know that. All right. But no, it was a great convention. You know, we had a lot of people from around the state of Texas that joined us. Um, we had almost, we had right at uh, 10,000 uh, delegates that came to the convention. Mm -hmm. A little bit of mechanics for the folks that are out there watching. We have individuals that it's a very democratic process. 
not to be confused with the Democrat Party. So I know we're talking a little bit about politics here, so I want to make sure we uh, use words in the proper vernacular. But from the grassroots, from the, from the base of the political uh, uh, party, individuals on, at the precinct level, uh, which is a precinct meeting that happens right after the primary night, and then those people are voted into uh, senatorial district conventions. So each, uh, this, in the state of Texas, we have, ironically, the same number of senators as we do the book of Proverbs, as the number of chapters in the book of Proverbs, wow. ironically. <laughs> Our House members in the Texas legislature are the same as the number of books in the Psalms. So uh, kind of interesting. And very much a point how our uh, how the Judeo values are certainly part of the fabric of the United States of America as a whole. But so they go from the precinct convention to the senatorial district convention, and then from the senatorial district convention, uh, sorry, county convention, senatorial district convention. Then they move on to the state convention, where uh, you come together and you talk about the platform, you talk about uh, the items and the planks in the in your party. So if this was a business, it would almost be like okay. Uh, what are the bullet points of the business? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you stand? You know, what are your positions on uh, business? What are your positions on taxes? Mm -hmm. What are your position on uh, things? Even something as as uh, you know, pasteurized milk. Sure. Uh, people, there's there's a lot of people out there that they want to make sure their avocados are organic. So, <laughs> not everybody wants milk. Uh, you know, and different things. So, in in the midst of all that. You have a group of individuals that get together. They develop a platform. There are people that are here for an entire week that talk about what is going to go into the platform, what is going to be submitted to the body. Okay, and uh, you know while they, while that group gets together and they put together what they feel is a consensus general platform, uh, then that platform goes to the body at large for the platform to totally. Uh, be a part of it. Okay, Andrew, from now on, you got so, to slice them first and then, and then peel them. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> but you, you, already, you killed it. So, um, but, and just like you're doing these avocados, you have to make sure that there's order and you have to make sure that there's some uh, congruity to it. And you also have to make sure there's a little bit of flavor, a little bit of seasoning. So, most people think that uh, the Republican Party is an old white stale party. I'm here to help hopefully break that mold. <laughs> and uh, doing my part. And uh, so anyway, so we have that whole convention. And in the middle of that, we are agreeing mm -hmm. to what, for the next two years, what our platform is going to represent, uh, what is going to stand for by and large. What, what are some of the things that it's going to stand for? Well, I mean, you know, for example, it's going to stand for, uh, stand for life. You know, we support uh, people's, we support the right to life. We are against abortion. And, uh, and that is because we know that one of the founding tenets of our country is the right to life, pursuit of happiness. And, uh, but without life, you kind of can't get to the other rights that are enumerated in the Constitution. So that is, uh, you know, having the ability to right to life, having the right to property, you know, being able to, you know, have a business, own your own house, do different things like that so that you can actually have something for your family to be able to uh, live and be proud of, defend. Um, your right to bear arms, the Second Amendment, is a very important uh, part to us and to uh, many people across the country. And, you know, there's a statement that is made that the F First Amendment, freedom of speech, uh, 
is protected by the Second Amendment. So without the Second Amendment, you would not be able to maintain the First Amendment because we know in some countries there certainly is not as free of a democ not as free of a country as what we have here in the United States. So those were, you know, again, those are some of the things we talked about. But basically, you know, being pro-life, being pro-gun, being pro-family, uh, traditional family, being pro-Israel was one of the one of the topics in there. Okay. Uh, being pro-Texas, um, there are 219 Californians that move to Texas every single day. If you'd like to see on my Facebook page the picture that I put out uh, related to a billboard in West Texas that says liberals that are on I, I-40, please continue driving until you get out of Texas. So I, I wanna ask you something about that. Yeah. What would your average Democrat or someone who considers himself liberal mm -hmm. be surprised to know about the Republican Party? And bef before you answer, just to let everyone know what we're doing, we're taking our avocado slices, putting them in flour, dipping them in egg, then the breadcrumbs, and putting them on that sheet to bake. What kind of flour is it? Uh, this is uh, bleached flour okay. with uh, some salt and uh, pepper. All right, so salt and pepper. It's going to be tasty. <laughs> so tell me, what, what, would a, what would a Democrat be surprised to know that they don't already know about either yourself or the Republican Party in general? Sure. Well, as I take my avocado and I dip it in my bleached flour <laughs> and I move it into my egg white, uh, one of the things I think people uh, would be surprised to know about the Republican Party as a whole is that we are actually, you know, we are for, uh, we are for immigration. We are not anti-immigration. I think right now it's one of the hot topics that people are talking about. Sure. And uh, the media, which I think, our President Trump has done a, in my opinion, a good job of labeling them as fake news. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of people that have been told that the Republican Party is anti-immigrant. So tell us some about tell us some about the the policies and legislation that has been pro-immigrant. So in when we're talking about pro-immigrant policies, you know, we right now, you know, we want to make sure that when people come to the United States, that they are able to actually uh, get their get their citizenship, move through the process as quickly as possible, and be able to have a life that is actually out of the shadows. You know, too many people are brought here and um, they might be, you know, whether it's by somebody that trafficked them here, mm -hmm. or whether it's by a immigration attorney that knows how much money they have and they're just bilking them, okay? There's a lot of people that are taken advantage of that are in the immigrant, uh, that are immigrating to the United States. And uh, those are, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. So when we talk about how do we, what do we do, mm -hmm. you know, strengthening our, um, strengthening the trafficking laws is okay. something that's very important because we have a lot of people who, like even right now, you know, one of the things that's been going on is kids being separated at the border. It's a big deal. People have been talking about it. You know, the media, you know, makes it sound, you know, the media will tell you children are being ripped away from their parents, right? Which ripped is an emotional term. Sure. But separated is by far sure. very factual. Sure, right? sure. So tell me, tell me a little bit but they about. Don't, but they don't complain when the babies are ripped from the wombs of the abortion, literally, not even figuratively. They don't highlight that. So, so tell me a little bit about why we're either hearing about it now or why this has started recently? So one, uh, it has not started recently. 
these policies that are currently in play in the immigration conversation uh, are policies that have been in place for, uh, I want to say, 18 to 20 years uh -huh. um, under, pre even under, you know, President Obama, the, uh, the success story in the eyes of liberals uh, nationally and internationally. Sure. You know, this same thing took place with them because the Department of Homeland Security and the rules that exist. And, and the rules that have existed have been on the books, um, even predating President Obama. They did. And before and before. A I, absolutely. As I said, yes, they've been there. I want to say 18 years uh, is, I think, is the exact amount. We, we could double check that. Feel free to fact check it, folks. I don't know everything. And, and, pre and President Bush was a Texan, knowing, yep. right? No, knowing very well the, the issues and sure. the climate and what happens in Texas. Right. Um, so, so what changed recently? Well, what changed is the Department of Homeland Security and our administration um, was no longer going to not enforce the laws that Congress had set forth as related to our immigration policies. Now, that might make some people mad, but at the end of the day, we are a country that is a country of rules and order, and we want people to abide by those rules so that we can have a, you know, we can have an orderly, an orderly society and you saw that the change, the change that took place was this administration made it very clear they were no longer going to not enforce the laws and the rules that were on the book. So, all right, so as we move in over here. We're going to stick these guys in the oven. They look beautiful. Very excited about this. Take a look on Weston's Facebook Live and here on Not Everything Sucks. Uh, we're going to put these in the oven for about 20 minutes. So right before we close our, our time together, we will uh, we'll check on these guys. Um, so that was, the, that was the fundamental change. And, and I, think, I think the policy names, or I don't think, the policy names that, that we have adopted were before something called catch and release, mm -hmm. which is a, you know, 18 years, President Bush, President Obama policy choice. And then something more, uh, more definitive, right? The the um, zero tolerance policy. Mm -hmm. So we had a time period for the past week where there was a large outcry for people, um, and and really it it was it may have been different ways of expressing it, but it was both sides of the aisle, um, different politicians, etc. Uh, and there was a change that happened yesterday that President Trump made a different decision. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, the decision process that President Trump made this past week. Sure. It's been an eventful week. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, clearly, I mean, everybody knows I've got friends that are within the administration, and, uh, but I have not just, I have not talked to them about this. I knew they were kind of busy this week. Sure. <laughs> so it's a big week. We just want to make sure for any media that's going to listen to this now or later, um, this is not a scoop on the administration. Uh, but, you know, very clearly, I think that. You know the facts that are out there and, and i would encourage you know this is the good thing about this conversation you know i try to encourage people to be critical thinkers you know go don't take my word for it go and sure. investigate it review it i would encourage people go uh, go google the department of homeland security secretary and uh, she uh, spoke at the white house maybe three days ago she gave a great policy briefing on where we were the rules that are in place how long it's been that way Fast forward, um, part of the rules, uh, people, the other part is that children, parents with children 
coming into the country mm -hmm. illegally. Okay. Yeah. Now, whether it's seeking asylum or, you know, or, or crossing the border in the middle of the night. Okay. The, that trend has increased in the last couple of months by like 319%. The problem is you have a lot of people that are bringing somebody else's kids. Now, is it their cousin? Is it their granddaughter? You know, those are things that have to be fleshed out and found out to know, okay, to make sure that the person that is coming with them is not somebody that's being trafficked. And it's, it's a very complicated it's a, it's situation. It's a sensitive, sensitive, complicated issue. It's, it's very complex, yes. right? And, and if you really go back to it, honestly, they were just trying to err on the side of caution. Hey, kids, middle of the night, you know, I mean, if, if you get pulled over and you've got cocaine in your car and you go to jail, the kid doesn't go with you to go to jail to be processed. They send the kid to Child Protective Services or wait for a, uh, uh, a known family member to come and pick them up. Well, in this case, you don't have a known family member to come and pick up that child from this individual that either A, uh, is committed a crime, or B, is seeking asylum. Sure. And so what, they, so what they've changed is they said, okay, and there's, there's, you should really go read it. There's some interesting things about this. Uh, but what they've done now is they've said, okay, we're going to put them together. I want to say that what I, the day I saw was like 20 days max. And so let's just say they're going to put them in a location together. Mm -hmm. And over the course of that 20 days, they're going to do the fact finding of, you know, are you their kid? You know, are you trafficking them? What, what's the state of affairs with an individual? Pause. Let's see. And then proceed rather than immediate separate and find kind out. Of, kind of like your, your analogy with someone who's been caught with cocaine. Right. It, it, there are some differences there. There are. Because the level of severity of those two offenses are very sure. different. Sure. And, and both have federal and state implications. Sure. But the, 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 the crime aspect of it is, you know, to make the congruency, you've got two people that, made, that, that, that did a crime. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, they're being processed. So what they've said is, all right, we're going to handle this one a little bit different than what we were handling it before. You know, and I think that it was because of, in general, I think people, I think it shows that Trump is not afraid to do things differently. I think that one of his leadership skills, and it's something that not very many leaders have, is they're willing to take information as it comes in. Okay. And if they feel there's a better way to do it, then they have no problem acting on it, regardless of, you know, kind of who's in the wake of it. So I think today, you know, our first lady Melania going down there to uh, to one of the locations in McAllen, Texas, was a very strong signal that look, guys, let's just end let's just end the BS. This you know we're not here trying to make a bad situation worse. We're mm -hmm. trying to make you know, we're trying to figure out what we're dealing with, and let's just all calm down a little bit and let's try to figure out how we're going to move this forward. There's, there's one point here that is confusing a lot of people, yep. and I think me included. Uh, President Trump has been saying for the, the previous, after yester, before yesterday, um, he's been saying that this is really a congressional um, decision. These are laws, right? Mm -hmm. um, which in order to be sustainable and to outlast President Trump is very true. Um, and then suddenly he made a call. Sorry, I'm hungry. Oh, dude. I <laughs> have at it. No, dude. So he made a call, a very decisive call. Yeah. 
can, can you talk a little bit about what changed or, or how he listened or who he listened to to make that switch? So from what I understand, it, is it has been the folks inside, uh, you know, inside of the offices, the administration, okay. the administration as a whole um, has been, again, trying to make the best decision okay. out of a bad circumstance. Okay. Um, so from what I have ascertained, uh, which is why I qualified, I haven't talked to anybody in the administration. Sure, okay, sure. Um, this week. That's correct, this week. <laughs> and uh, I was like, was it Friday or Saturday? Uh, but, you know, that's, you know, from what I've seen, it's very much, all right, here's the landscape. Landscape's changed. You know, here we're going to do it. Uh, and that's, it was very simple. It was very simple, very, uh, very uh, typical A, leader, not afraid. Do, do you agree with the decision to adjust this part of the policy so, change? So here's what I think. I think that the Constitution fully allows the president to do exactly what he did. So I, think, I, I agree. Yeah, so no, I, I think it fully allows it. I think given the circumstance... And given the and here's the unfortunate thing, I will tell you that the Democrat Party has been using things like this as a political football forever, and a lot of people have been afraid to even change anything in the way they're operating because they're afraid it's going to be shown as a sign of weakness, not realizing it's actually a sign of strength because now you take the football out of the way and okay, all right, that's your concern, it's your number one concern. I mean, Julian Castro, for those of y'all don't know, my, my good friend Julian, who I disagree with, uh, but we're very polite to each other. Julian Castro went down to one of these internment camps, one of these, they're calling them internment camps, they're also calling them uh, detention camps, whatever you want to call it, Google Castro and, and camp. And he went over there with the, with the press pool, knocked on the door, and literally, I probably, if I, I probably have more avocados in my hand than he had the number of, uh, of Beanie Babies that he took to this location. Feel free to go watch, he had like six of them, okay? And he went to the front door with, uh, I believe his daughter, and they had a couple of cards, mm -hmm. and he knocked on the door and he said, you know, this is Julian Castro, and they said, I think they said, who is that? And uh, he said, you know, where, you know, I'm here, and I've got some, uh, some, uh, some, bear, some little toys and some cards for the children that are inside so that they know that people outside care about them. Now, it was, totally, it was totally a photo op because then he left him at the door and then he left. So I believe, sure. but, but it's valid criticism. Do you, do you think that the American people, the, the normal people like me, should know and see what's happening inside of the buildings? So Buildings, tents, et cetera. I hear you. So, I think, so when we talk about that, we have laws that talk about rights to privacy, right? Should I know what you're doing? You know, or if you got, you know, there's, there's, there's different things. So like if we've all seen the mug shots of the stars that, you know, got a DWI and they're getting their mug shot, right? It's public record. So you can see that part of it. Now, when they go after that, they get strip searched and they get cavity searched and all this other kind of stuff. Do we need to see that? No, we don't need to see that. Um, that's why we have, that's why we have professional people that are trained, that have rules, strict rules and regulations that require them uh, on how they handle and how they treat these people, and there is oversight involved that that bubbles up to make sure that people are being treated fairly and appropriately. And I, I believe personally, Melania going to the to the uh, to visit the children today, mm -hmm. uh, part of that was to show people, guys, you know, this is like you know, it's like a school, you know, it's a, it's a polite setting, you know, they're not over here being chained to the wall. 
as some people would probably have you want to believe. So I think it is good for us to know what's going on. I do think we have to respect the right to privacy because, again, what do we... We just don't know everything and, we're and, dealing with. And, and I think when you say the right to privacy as, as an American, I, I take that as something that we as citizens have. Sure. Maybe not necessarily sure. the government as a whole. Mm-hmm. Do you... Now you're meddling. Now you're meddling, Andrew. Do you think... <laughs> I want to ask you. Do I think think that the laws of our country apply to somebody that's an illegal immigrant or illegal alien? Let's talk about that. Okay. Do you think the laws need to change? I'm guessing yes. So, so I will tell you my 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 position on immigration is and has been: you have to secure the border. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whether it's a physical wall or a virtual wall or a combination thereof. All right. You have to secure the border. Then you have to. Figure out who's here. Are they staying? Do they want to stay? Do they want to go? In the process of figuring out who's here, you also need to fix the system. I mean, I know people that have done it 100% legally. I know of a family. They adopted four kids from Mexico, lawyers on both sides, papers on both sides, brought them over to the United States, 100% legal. Those children today have been in the country. uh, There were four, five, and six. I think today they're 23, four, and five. But um, they were never able to get their full citizenship from our immigration system. And their parents, to somebody out there that just naysayed, their parents vehemently worked with the immigration system to get their documentation finalized, to get everything done. I know another person, people don't realize this, uh, you can pay $500,000 and invest $500,000 into a business in the United States and you get citizenship and one guest visa. So normally it's the husband and his wife. So they open up a business here in the United States, and then they have seven or eight years uh, for their immigrate for their papers to be finalized, and for them to get their citizenship. And part of that is because you want to make sure that they're you know actually working through the system. This man comes to me with a broken heart, and he says, you know, Mr. Martinez, I paid my money, I've faithfully executed this, and now I don't. I don't know if I'm going to get my papers before the time runs out. What's going to happen to me? Mm. So there are so we don't just have a problem with the people that are illegally trying to enter for whatever reason, okay? A political asylum, uh, fear of whatever, or they just want a better place for their family. We have people that are 100% following the laws that can't even get it done either. So that's why my opinion is you freeze the border. That way you stop... You, you know, it's just like a referee in a, in a soccer game, right? The World Cup's going on right now, right? So, you know, ole, ole. But you have, you stop the game, and then you say, okay, guys, who's where? You know, what's going on? And how do we go back into play? Until you do that, all you do is you continue to let this happen. Obama had control of both houses and the White House and didn't solve this problem. And I think conversely, you could say Absolutely. that President Trump has the same situation and we are some pretty substantial steps away from solving the problem. Sure. I'm but it, but it, let's go. Out. But at least they're willing to work. But at least they're actually willing to do something about it versus just stick their head in the sand. And, you know, when you have an opportunity like this, you want to. So these guys need to be here just a little bit longer. Yep. But to show everyone what they're starting to look like because mm. we're running short on time. Awesome. Um, they smell great. Um, smells like a victory. 
So let me let me ask you this question. We're called Not Everything Sucks. Sure. Um, we've talked about a lot of things objectively and no matter what political background or ideology you have that straight up suck. Weston, and, there, and there's more information. Yeah. Weston, what, what doesn't suck? Related to which part? <laughs> let's, let's say related to what we just discussed. So what doesn't suck is I think that um, you've got a president that is not afraid to do a deal and not afraid to get in a negotiating room to find out how do we solve this problem. But he's smart enough to realize you can't show your hand until you're ready to show your hand. And we have an opportunity to highlight the people that have been sitting on their hands in Congress and in the Senate and have not wanted to actually solve the problem. Because quite honestly, if you solve the problem, you get rid of the political football. And that's why they drag it out. It is 100% the reason why they drag it out. So by doing that, I think that we are, the media would make you think we are further away than we've ever been. I personally think we're closer than we've been in 25 years because you've got somebody that's not afraid to have a tough conversation with everybody else in the room and come out with a solution that is better than what we have today. And he's done that in some other areas. You know, we can talk about the economy and some of the other stuff. But in this one area, I think you look at Kim Jong-un, you look at, you know, the different things that have happened, the, the tariffs on Chinese steel, you know, that brought 20,000 jobs back to America like that. Unemployment is at the lowest it's been in 18 years. And there's some Republicans that fall in that category, in that timeline, and some Democrats. So in 18 years, right, we've got the lowest unemployment. Now, employment's not everything, but it certainly is a lead indicator for how the economy is doing and how it's responding to that leadership. So I think that uh, I would encourage people to call their representatives, fact check what's being going, what's going on, and you know what? Be skeptical of the information out there. I don't mind that because you know what? If you're skeptical about what's going out there, that means nobody's going to be able to sell you a lie and you're going to have your own opinion that you have. Don't watch the headlines on any news network. If you want to look at them to give you an idea what to go research, fine. But then go do your own research. Stop looking at, you know, Twitter's great, but look past the 72 characters, you know, 150 now. Uh, Extended. Whatever. Uh, you know, start doing your research. Start talking to your neighbors. Don't be afraid to have this conversation with people. Weston, I appreciate you taking the time to come make some avocado tacos with us. Um, we're going to enjoy them here in a second. Great. Um, I think this conversation is very sensitive to a lot of people, especially where we live. Here in yeah. San Antonio, Texas, these, these cities are just a stone throw away. Mm -hmm. And no matter where you are, who you are, something has got to change and be fixed and be helped and be made better. Absolutely. I think a lot of opinions differ on how to do that. Um, but in the end, as long as we are realizing that we're here to help America be a place that we want to live in, help America be a place that has strong pathways and strong entrances for people to live and contribute to our very eclectic country. Mm -hmm. um, if we're looking for different means to that end, um, that's one thing. But if we can agree on that end, um, then I'm very, very happy to enjoy some avocado with you, Weston. Well, we have no other America to go to. 
Well, there's Alaska and Hawaii. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, Alaska and Hawaii are definitely a part of America. Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin's <laughs> a friend of mine. You can see a picture of us. See a picture of us on Twitter. Um, we'll 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 bring her on next time. You betcha. Not everything sucks. Um, not everything does. We're thinking. Uh, we're thankful that everyone joined us on the Not Everything Sucks channel and on uh, Weston, your your profile as well. I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. You bet.